The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to High Tea with Carla Stilwell, a current affairs and pop culture panel discussion series focusing on black women's issues. Starring Carla Stilwell, featuring Tamara Anderson and Nicola Blaze. Here's your MC, Carla Stilwell. Welcome to High Tea with Carla Stillwell exclusively on poppychuloradio.com, Poppychulo Radio, Pop Culture On Demand. Today is Monday, November 28th in the year of our Lord, 2016, and I am your host, Carla Stillwell. Welcome to the High Tea's 2016 is an ass hat, and I need this bitch ass year to die edition. Come in, have a seat at my table, and let's sip these teas and ask the Lord why this year has been so fucked up. Um, let me introduce my uh, guest at my table, Tamara Anderson. Hello! And Mikayla Blaze. <laughs> Hello, everyone. While we get seated, ladies, you know... <sighs> This year has been very, very stressful, I think, for everybody. And um, so I saw something quite beautiful a few weeks ago because of everything that was going on with the election and foolishness and this that's going on in um, our world. I didn't get to mention it. So uh, while we're getting settled, I'd like to mention it now. There is a um, website called thoughtcatalog.com. And a couple of weeks ago, they posted beautiful Bible verses for every woman. Now, I know everybody ain't Christian. Don't don't start with me. That's fine. Just I just I know. But I am Christian and I've read the Quran and the Torah so we can read other people's books. OK, that's fine. Now, some of these uh, verses are hugely and wildly inappropriate and misogynistic it's the bible okay but there are a couple that are very beautiful and the one that i liked is proverbs um chapter 31 verse 25 she is clothed clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future so that is what I see in all of my ladies, and that is what mm. I want you to see in yourselves. I accept that. Woo. Mm-hmm. Please receive Amen. that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Order um, my steps in your word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you don't have to be Christian to enjoy good gospel music because Ooh, good to music make you is, cry while you drive it. Good music is amazing. All music. So Lord, let's take these first sips and these are not going to be like easy, delicate, sweet sips. <laughs> this is about to be like a hard ass, like hot, tidy ass sip. Like I, we just got to blow up the system. So Jill Stein has raised six million dollars in a week yeah. for the recounts in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. Thursday, the recount in Wisconsin begins. Donald Trump is tweeting bullshit about <laughs> <laughs> I I won the popular vote by a landslide. And the only reason I didn't win the, I mean, I won the electoral college vote by a landslide. And the only reason I didn't win the popular vote is because of the illegal immigrant people voting illegally. 
Well, now, yeah. boo, that doesn't help you. That's not what you say, pimpin'. <sighs> Hillary Rodham has decided that, well, she was like, look, I ain't in it, but my name is in it, so I need to send a lawyer over there to look at it. So <laughs> the Clinton uh, campaign lawyer is up in it. There's a Trump lawyer up in it. And this is a real thing that's happening in our country. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. back at the ranch, um, uh, Daddy Duke, um, no, Boss Hog, is out here. <laughs> Just a good old boy. <laughs> it's, it's Never meaning no harm. Hold up in Trump Tower. Um, it's going to cost the city of New York a million dollars a day for his family not to move to the White House. Um, but he's not taking a salary that 400 and uh, that 400 plus thousand dollars a year. He won't take that. But he's going to charge the taxpayers millions of dollars a year of that. He is um, uh, uh, charging the Secret Service to rent two floors of space in his building so that uh, they can protect him. It's so crazy because it is his building. I'm like, can't they just stay there? Okay. They could, but I mean, this dude's on the take, right? Like, this is an opportunity. This is the first of many, many opportunities <laughs> that he will have many, many, to, many. Right, to bend over the American taxpayer. <laughs> this is absolutely outrageous. And it flies in the face of everything he, quote unquote, campaigned for. Um mm -hmm you know, like smarter government and stop the waste. And I mean, this is an epic example of wh what, of what everybody voted for. This is him. Yep. Yep. Uh, that the, he is continually, continuously assembling the merriest band of merry idiots, um, racist thieves and liars. Um, it's like a party. <laughs> for his cabinet. So, who cares? Like the details of it are completely irrelevant at this point. It's a fucking sideshow. Um, Literally, uh, and talking about Giuliani. Like, where? Like, I thought we were so done with him. I can't believe that we're again even know. have to hear. I'm like, I'm like, we we still have to deal with dementia or us. I said, okay. <laughs> Kelly Kelly uh, and Conway is losing chunks of hair every day like every time you see her on television she's a little more bald like she's lost she's so like, much hair she's she like a walking snl skit it's like, like waiting for her to happen God, <laughs> like she literally. looks really skinny and like like medicated but you know so she's kind of bubbly but you can tell there's a lot of confusion there so you know she went in on the Mitt Romney thing today. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. She she has been uh, chastised by um, Boss Hog, Czar <laughs> Trump, um, Fuhrer Trump, whatever we want to call him, <laughs> Boris, mm. uh, whatever we want to call this motherfucker. She has been um, lambasted by him and Steve Bannon and the rest of the fucking racist. Um, and she's like, but I helped you get here. What? Like literally, I I just want her not to lose so much hair that she can't get extensions. Like, cause right now I'm worried. <laughs> she don't have nothing to put a clip on. She don't have enough hair to put a clip on. Like that front, that front. Um, if I'm looking at her on TV, it's my left. So it's that front right side. I saw some scalp today. Like I saw her. I saw yeah. her thoughts. Right. Some there. patches. You, yeah. <laughs> um. But I mean. She's just stumbling around. Like, it's got to be, it's nothing but chaos there. When I saw the CNN reporter, I was like, literally stumbling. She looked like she did kind of a drunky sort of spin move because she was walking down the sidewalk when the CNN reporter was like, excuse me. And then she just was like, oh, oh, um, Mitt Romney, um, hell no, absolutely not. There's no reason at all. Why would we even, that son of a bitch. And then they're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, for real, for real, he's considering them. So, 
Oh, now what God. do you have to say? And she just, well, I think it was a whole she had deer nothing. in the headlights moment. Like I've, I've never seen somebody like really look like their SNL version. Like, like she looks like her SNL version. Like when old girl said last Saturday, when she said last Saturday, he said, well, what do you want, Kellyanne? A time machine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, right. She's completely and it's like every, cloudy. <laughs> every time she's on like the real her, I'm, I, you know, you want to laugh, but you're like, oh, this is real life. Like, oh, oops. I'm like, this isn't a sitcom. This is CNN. Now yeah. they're accusing her, like the, the Trump camp is accusing her of working her own agendas now. What? what? Uh, that baby got, she, that baby child, she got an agenda, right? Let, let me live she, agenda. That's her agenda right mother? now. I think she's <laughs> a single mother. She trying to feed her kids. She ain't got no agenda. But she knows who they are too. If she didn't think for a second that they were going to throw her woman ass under the bus as soon as anything hit, she's a damn fool. They're not it only going to throw her under right. the bus, but they are they're going to back trash the bus her name. Over. Right. They're going to run over a few times. <laughs> and she sees like, it. Uh, she has to She should have. She should have. She's going like to have she, traction marks on her forehead saved, pretty soon. <laughs> I hope she saved enough money this past, what, six months she's been involved. I hope she <laughs> saved enough money to, I hope um, she got paid to be able time. to pay her kid to take care of her kids while she writes the tell-all book. I'm just waiting for the tell-all book. Kelly she Anne. needs to call Omarosa and get some tips on how to shut the fuck up and get along with Trump. Because that's cry how, on cue. Right. Because Omarosa has managed to to take this two-bit um, reality show, Five Seconds of Fame, and parlay it into she's the one who said you're all going to bow down to Mr. Trump. You know she got a bonus for that. Oh God! Oh, oh my God! Well, I mean, yeah. so all of these people are crazy. Watching, yeah. I can't hardly watch any news. I can't even watch my favorite liberal news, uh, Trump bashers, MSNBC. I can't watch any of it because everybody, all of these news outlets, nobody's talking about what's real. All of his fucking conflicts of interest, and the fact that he is selling America for three magic beans and a sheep, like. This is nobody's talking about it. It's like, like the reason why we need like standards for ethics. <laughs> we need like, peer reviews for ethics. We have is, regulations and standards, but no peer reviews for ethics. Like because how about walking. no Republican has agreed with the calls to investigate his conflicts of interest? Hmm. Mm-mm. Let's say, well, and you hmm. can see like the way he built his business was if anybody crossed him he would throw attorneys at them and just bankrupt them mm-hmm. in the courts right right so i can't imagine if a, a man who does that is going to have access to the strongest military in the world and not occasionally throw that out right like oh you're building the trump tower in the philippines you know you got to pay for these uh um for the zoning licenses, uh, you need to, you haven't, I haven't received your application and your fees. He's all, don't ask me for shit. What? Don't make me come over there and bomb you out. Like I'm sending no, I'm sending my soldiers to collect my debt. Right. I could take you out with a set of drones, Philippines. So just watch your mouth and build my tower. Like he's so gross, but okay. So now the electors are all freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, the, all the electors in the electoral college, especially the Republicans, they're all melting down and freaking out and having like anxiety attacks and praying to God. And they, they because God will not forgive them if they do. They know that they're going to hell. Basically, they know if they cast their electoral vote for Trump, they're going to go to hell. So um, Texas sent um, uh, elector Art Cisneros resigned instead of voting for Donald Trump. He was originally a never Trumper and said, I will not cast a vote for him. Today he said, you know what? Fuck it. I don't even want to be in a room where you could ask me to vote for this motherfucker. Here's my resignation. Nice. So that's what's going on out here in these streets. Like people are like, (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to save my soul. <laughs> I'm quitting. My if, you want, if you want to read his whole thing, it's on MSN, MSN.com. Uh, this is where the whole story of him saying, uh, singing my favorite song, fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't fuck know what shit. the fuck just happened. I don't really, I don't really care. care. I'm going to get, get the fuck out of here. Ed Cisneros was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. All right, then. Oh, that's my thing, oh. song. When, all, when, when life gets low between that one. And I'm gonna kick somebody down. <laughs> Those are my top five. My top five. So, so that's what's going on out here in these political streets. So that's 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 the political streets. Now let's let's talk about what's going on in the real streets. So, so uh, um, Darth Bro was on Delta Airlines. Going on his Trump's, I voted for Trump bitches. Now what you Hillary bitches on a flight. Mm-hmm. And nobody said anything to this motherfucking Darth bro. Darth, uh, 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 what, what Darth Chad. No one said a <laughs> word. Not a pilot, not a, not a, a flight attendant, not a nobody. And then after he yelled profanities and acted and an ass, he sat down and enjoyed his flight. Well, little did he or anyone else know there was a lone white woman who was offended by the sheer um, saltiness of this man. Saltiness. She took a video and it went viral. And People were like, oh, fuck you, Delta Airlines. Now, let me just tell my own personal story. I said, fuck you, Delta Airlines in 2006. So <laughs> boycotting Delta was not a problem for me because I wouldn't give those motherfuckers money if it was my grandmama's money from the grave. <laughs> I wouldn't give them <laughs> shit. I wouldn't give them a dime or a dollar. Damn. So, Damn. baby, mm-hmm. they lost my luggage from Jamaica for four fucking days. Were you in Jamaica with no clothes or when you got back? When I got back. Oh. Four days. Mm-mm. Could not find it. Would not. Finally brought it to me after I cursed, clowned, and acted and showed my show enough behind. The people I was traveling with had their luggage. I didn't have mine. So... Hmm. When they finally mm-hmm. get my luggage to me, they sent me a hundred dollar voucher. Now, even in 2006, you could not get no flight on Delta for no hundred dollars. <laughs> so they sent me a hundred dollar voucher and I took it to the work restroom and I put a oh, present dear. on it and oh, I sealed it and I mailed it back. Oh dear! So, wow, I have no problem. Yes, yes, you out there in podcast land, I did that. I wiped my ass with that voucher. Mm-hmm. Damn! And I mailed it back in the United States mail. I hope they got it. So mm-hmm. that's how I feel about Delta Airlines. Anyway, now let's go and, con- and so. Talk about what they've done in the last couple of years. I'm still processing the dookie on the piece of paper. So I'm dookie. the customer service representative. And, I and that's what you open. $12.50 an hour. And I now I'm violated. You know, like now I got to quit. You, hey. I can't be opening dookie packages. I can't imagine that was the first dookie package Delta Airlines ever <laughs> I can't imagine it. Here's another so, one. I can smell like, it from oh, here. God, Don't open another it. Another dookie package. Dump Damn. it. <laughs> Damn. Now Don't I wash did. your hand. I did put it in plastic. I did put it Make in plastic. Make a doo-doo pie. Because it, it, was, it was a dookie package. So I did oh, that. Mm-hmm. Now, these, there were some lovely Muslims on a flight. 
um, not a year ago on Delta, who a, a, a Saltine American complained about um, them being there and said they were scared. So the pilot said, well, I'm not even going to take off with those people on my plane. They were thrown off the flight for doing what? Nothing. Many, many Muslims have been thrown yeah. off of Delta flights mm -hmm. for um, acts of terror and terrorizing people. Someone got thrown off a few months ago for reading the Quran on a flight. And I don't know why um, they're throwing off nobody because they don't hardly go nowhere. So shit. So Unless you're going around the corner. This mofo was out here screaming and hollering and kept his flight. So when people threaten to boycott Delta... <clears throat> um, they decided that they would take action. So now he's been banned for life from all Delta flights. He oh, can't fly Delta anymore. When? Now they won't release his name because they ain't shit. But <laughs> he's been banned for life. And we're so <laughs> sorry that happened. Oh, they also refunded the airfare for everybody who was on that flight. When we did better. Fuck you, Delta. If anyone from Delta is in my listening voice, is in ear, earshot of my voice, please know that I still say fuck you. And I think we should continue to boycott Delta because that was some bullshit. Hashtag hidden racism. Mm -hmm. <sighs> No, I mean it is, but I see it's, but it's the whole package. It's not just that they let him roll. Cause to be honest with you, should he have been dragged off? I, I don't know. I've been on flights with drunks to get up and say stupid stuff, but right. um, it would be fine if you let him roll. If you weren't just like running people off the airplane that are like reading a book. Or remember right. the one guy was doing like a math problem and somebody thought he was yeah, writing they some kind of I'm going to blow you up letter or something. I have no idea why just writing on a paper seems suspect. Like Pimp was doing calculus. Especially after hey, you've been is... through TSA. <laughs> like you came through TSA and got on the plane. Pimp was right. doing calculus. Right. And he got thrown off the flight. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, I mean, it's the point you're like, well... Are all y'all work for Homeland Security? No. Okay. They got things to look for too. They did they due diligence. He on the plane. And now you still want to kick him off? So we right. do a double due diligence. And Delta better watch out because they had to move their headquarters a couple times. Now they're in Atlanta. They only go to four places because don't nobody fly them. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, pretty soon, like, I guess you'd be kicking off like roaches because they was going to be catching a ride on the side. Talking about, oh, I thought I was gonna catch a ride, go to Jamaica. You going too? Okay, here, let's go together. Does your seatbelt fit? Come on, Royster, let's hang out. Cause ain't nobody take that flight. It don't ever come up, even on cheap flights. Like it's like Delta. What? Who? Delta. Every airport, it has a it has a counter, not several people. One. Let me tell <laughs> you something. Care? Delta, Delta has like is... a folding table and a, and a <laughs> I mean, they, they used to have like a, a whole like 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 they don't fly so often that do you know how the airport never changes the signs all the time? If mm. you go to the place where Delta supposed to be let off, it's Southwest. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's not, not even Delta. Delta. Like it's my not. mother would be like, I'm under the Delta sign because she was got off a Southwest a Southwest plane. Ain't no Delta over there. <laughs> I'm like, like, okay, girl, I, I I'm gonna serious. pick you up. Back. I have I have been talking about those hateful motherfuckers since 2006. I am very comfortable. Um being a part they have of no what stock bank, option what they have a dollar delta like, <laughs> they already bankrupted they have no oh stock option it's like 59 cents it's like I, nothing I and people who work for go them away. gotta make eight dollars an hour because they know ain't no ain't no pay ain't no salary left ain't no flight well clearly it's the kkk plane so maybe you know they'll have well they only go to the, four places so well, maybe they'll it. put maybe they'll put a sheet on that motherfucking plane now, and then all the Nazis will know 
that they should fly Delta. Maybe they should be the preferred um, airline for neo-Nazis and Klansmen. Well, the hub is in Georgia, so they ain't got far to go. <laughs> so let's just put a sheet on Delta. And uh, All you got to do is go in a circle and be like, we landed again. <laughs> Get off, you home now. <laughs> Oh, we done flew four minutes, Martha. Let's go. Come on. Goddamn. Goddamn Delta. So these Saltine Americans are all losing their minds. There was one in Chicago. Now, this one was funny. I don't know if if sis had taken her medicine that morning, but the day Mm -hmm. before Thanksgiving, a young um, saltine American female went into the Michaels in Lakeview, which is an extremely diverse neighborhood here in Chicago. And um, she decided that uh, the suggestion that she purchase a larger reusable bag from Michaels for a dollar was completely unreasonable that this that from the black cashier that she decided she was going to go off. Well, she decided off. she was discriminated against by those two black women behind the counter. The the employee and the manager. Um, <laughs> she uh, uh, The was, only two black people that work for all of Michael. And she decided that um, they were discriminating against her because she voted for Trump. Now, raise your hand if anybody knows who the fuck anybody voted for. Just by looking at them. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, this shit went on in the store for some say 30 minutes, some say 45 minutes. Uh, she was screaming and cursing and clowning and showing her ass and calling folks animals. Calling her folks whole animals. ass. I can't I'm, believe nobody just shook the hell out of her. Or like, like it was... It was completely outrageous. And I do think on some level, those Michaels workers need some additional training. They were actually engaging her crazy ass in a conversation. And they should have been like, I'm going to need you to exit. I'm going to need you. This is private property. Like, you know where you cut the motherfucker off before they even, you're not engaging them in anything. Like Um, me, not like, not like, not like you on, um, The, like you on a TV show, it was just like, like the I manager. Said, the manager was really trying to talk to this broad, and I was like, right. "See, I need to come in and teach y'all how to get rid of a mofo." Because right. this is you not... stand, you stand real close, right? So then they start backing up because you're like right. invading their person. But you, you ready? You ready in case you got to swing? But you stand right. real close to them, and you close talk them, and you. Just cut them off at every sentence and you do the hand gesture just like the flight attendants do. Yeah. This is your exit. This is it's time to leave. This is private property. And you just kind of shuffle their way right on out the door. But this woman had access to everybody's life for way too long. But here's the thing. The this is this the the road to white guilt is paved with good intentions. <laughs> she she was getting fed from all these other whites well-meaning whites by the way they were on it because they were all like hey you can't attack this lovely black woman and this other lovely black woman because we're not racist so they were all engaging her defeating mm. her Mm-hmm. Try in an attempt to try to protect these two black women. Now, right. didn't nobody walk up on her and say, "Bitch, it's time for you to go." Right. Like, <laughs> right. They kept, they kept trying to reason with this mofo right. who was I, not being who was I, not being reasonable. You can't reason with right. someone who's not being reasonable. Right. And I was just like, this is why God had me crippled. And I wasn't in the Michaels because I straight would have walked up on her and said, let's do this outside. You want to attack a Negro American? Come see me because I ain't at work. Like, it, been- <laughs> it was like watching the episode of the Boondocks. That's exactly what it was. And what 
really upset my nerves. There was a woman video, it's a woman that did the big videotaping. Um, mm. a l- lovely, well-meaning white, but again, the road to hell is paved with white people's good intentions. All the way. She was shaking. She was recording this. You're crazy, ma'am, you need help. She was so flabbergasted because she had on, she had never seen racism before, apparently. Apparently, this like was her a- first time. She and here's the thing. I think what like blew my mind about her was she obviously um, had a baby in a stroller, like in front of her. Right. Yeah. I read what she wrote. She had her two year old with her. Right. So the the woman pointed at her and was like, your child is stealing. And like this lady, in my motherly opinion, got way too close to the baby. Like that's that's just. You know, you got there's a certain distance. Okay, my my if I'm shaking, if I'm so afraid I'm shaking, I'm not gonna have the stroller between uh me and crazy, right? I'm gonna well, the stroller's gonna be behind me. Let's just start there. And then there'd be there's still like a five foot radius away from the stroller. And if, when, if she'd have crossed within that territory, I'd have had to lay hands on her. When 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 crazy walked up on her and said, I'm going to videotape your child, that would have been a straight judo chop. Like right. there's the conversation. He said a judo chop. It would have been like, 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 like classic James Bond. Do you know judo? Yes. <laughs> Woof. Flipped over like, that little circle. Right. That like, would have been a call no. to my husband. Like, listen, I might go to jail. And then I would do the close <laughs> talk like here. Is there something you want to discuss with me now? You know what I mean? Just the close talk and really right. see how serious, how serious like she really was about being crazy that day. You know, like how much do you want to commit to being crazy? I, I <laughs> like a tattoo on your face. It's kind of a commitment. I, I personally <laughs> feel like um, the, the problem is you're hilarious. I'm not even <laughs> engaging <laughs> with that comment. I'm just not going to engage. Well, it is. But I'm like the. What what comedian <laughs> says that about Mike Tyson? Like you know he oh. was committed to crazy um, once he got that face tattoo. Who said that? <laughs> it was uh, it wasn't Chris Rock. It was uh, I know you're talking about, uh, but that but that line was also in Eat, Pray, Love. She was like, you know, it's kind of like giving having a baby is like getting a tattoo in your face. It's kind of a commitment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, be committed. That's committed. But I mean, the thing is, these these people have felt so restrained by nor by decency and human respect that oh, yeah. um, the 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 cap the genie's out the bottle now. The genie is dancing down the street without his bracelets on. <laughs> like, woohoo! I ain't never going back in that bottle. <laughs> Fuck y'all's wishes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's like, what he's doing right now. This, and this is going to continue to happen. And this is getting to the point that I wanted to really, really discuss. So what do we do next? Where do we go from here? Because the cat's out the motherfucking bag. Well-meaning whites have seen that racism is real. It's not a ghost. It's not a phantom. It's not you some shit that stopped in 1862. Like, it's, it didn't end in 1865. Racism is still... It's, it's not like, ooh, I'm racism. I'm the racism <laughs> of Christmas past. Like, no, racism is out here eating burrito bowls and drinking chai lattes. Racism is on fleek. Racism is chilling. It's like, I got a discount. 40% off on the Old Navy, bitches. What's up? Race, racism Use is my on cash. Racism <laughs> is flying. Racism is shopping at Michael's. Racism is just out here going to the Walmart, like buying guns racism is on fleek right now because see my thing is like i would have such inappropriate laughter i have such terrible inappropriate laughter when crazy comes out which makes more crazy come out because they're like are you laughing at me i'm like yeah yeah yes i am you're fucking hilarious i can't take i got bills to pay bitch this shit ain't important sit down 
Shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think Who's like next steps. It's so funny. Right. Like it's so funny about next steps because like here in Philly, I have been really a group of us are working on having a week in January focused on the guiding principle of Black Lives Matter. So a lot of people like we put our Black Lives Matter signs up. We talk about it. But they have like these amazing her story principles that can actually are like a template. Like, you know, they're almost very reminiscent of like the original Black Black Panther um, ideologies and methodologies of how to make a community a whole again. Right. Mm-hmm. So I guess I, I guess for me right now is not to fight on the surface anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like tomorrow we're having um, two 15 now uh, protest rallies here in Philly. One is at six o'clock in the morning um, with the uh, airport workers. And one is at five o'clock in the afternoon at City Hall. Right? right. And it's coming to a head of basically like raising the minimum wage here in Philadelphia, which is great because, you know, we live and I live in a county that still ranks number one. Of the poorest counties are the top 10 cities. We're number one. We have the highest rate of poverty in all of the United States are the top 10 cities. So because of that, like those things are important. Like how do you dig your way out of that? My thing is I'm a little exhausted of holding a sign up. I really would like to do something or be a part of something that is going to have some real systemic, meaningful change. Like, um, folk, something that has children at the center of it, something that has uh, women at the center of it. Because once you put women in the center of it, everything has like this huge healing and ripple effect. It always does. Because when the other motherfuckers in the center of it, it's just like a fucking nuclear bomb. But um, I think that it's vital to have these conversations and for the conversation to result in some sort of action. That's what I'm saying. Do I know what that action is going to look like? No. Like right now, I'm working on that week here. And it has been actually a difficult push, more difficult than I thought it would be. You know, I've had to I've had to push back with people who are like, well, let's just do it for a day. What the fuck? We got lots of days. I need, we need a week. And this week needs to then push into even longer than that and do even deep digging of how are we, um, treating our community what are we doing within our community what can we do to uplift people and what can we do to really focus on how to change people's hearts and minds because we constantly go to the fact that we need to change the laws and blah 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 but we've always had laws in fact we actually have better laws than (laughs) that we've had in a while in in the last 15 20 years but laws do not change people's mindset you know what was that famous quote you know, um, the protests are not so much about um, about change or about what's right. The protests are the fact that the majority doesn't want to change, doesn't think the right. change is necessary. And if they do change, it's on such a sliding scale basis. It's whatever makes you feel most comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's not change. Like. A real change, a real sense of reaching across the table and really caring for your fellow person is doing something that is not just comfortable or doesn't just pay off for you and yours. It's really about doing something that pays off for people that don't look anything like you. Like when I think about those black women who created co-ops in their communities to yes. try to maximize welfare benefits and try to get whole holistic and healthy food in their communities. And they literally were putting bags of food together. Lots of those women didn't have families or children. Right. So they had no dog in that fight. But because they continue to work on it, regardless, that is what made the fight most important. That's or what the made way- the fight matter. It was made it change. That's what made right. the shift happen. That, that pushed the needle. Like, at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, what pushes the needle? If if we're not pushing the needle, if we just out here talking, yeah, 
we need to pay more attention to this or let's watch and see what Trump's going to do over the next 100 days or let's see da da da. Okay, but we got real communities and we got real people. Like when I think about, you know, the type of work that has happened or continues to happen, especially now in South Dakota, you got people sleeping in tents. It's a very organized unit that is happening there people flying in every day people donating money doing what they can like okay i can't go out there but i'm gonna give money make sure they have food make sure they have fresh water make sure they have tents make sure they have hotels make sure they have bond money you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. all these things are happening um in a very systemic way and that and the and the needle is slowly moving but it takes the actions of so many people just to get the needle to even waver. And that's what we all have to, I think, understand. I'm going to jump off my soapbox now and go back to funny land. I feel a little <laughs> well, but it was just like, you know. You, you, were, you were on that one. You got up. Do you, you need a ladder? Do you need help? Girl, <laughs> I, I mean, literally. Because I'll tell you, when they were like, well, tomorrow, I mean, the teachers feel like we should do it for a day. I was like, what the fuck? We got plenty of days. I ain't wearing no t-shirt for a motherfucking day. I want all this, all seven days, all seven days. I want you to think of something that you want to do and what you're going to make your students do and you want to encourage them to do. And you know, the day that focuses on black women, I want to have a conversation about that. Because if one more man comes to me and tells me, well, you know, we like Black Lives Matter, but you know, they missed the boat when they left black men at the conversation. Ah! That's not what they did. They oh, basically put them in the back. Um, so this foolishness about these black men talking about how they're not included in the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, what? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Ha- I just don't even understand this tomorrow. It was a whole conversation in planning this week, right? This is why I don't plan stuff sometimes. That is getting trouble. So plan this week, and it was just a shock to me that it came up. Then part of it wasn't a shock because I have heard this in small little corners of the world. Um, the fact that the original founders, you know, were female, are women, yes, and women and queer. That it was like um, this is her story. Maybe you know there's something missing, and we're missing in this conversation. But anybody who says that, I'm like, did you read the 12 God posts, right? It literally puts everybody at the center of a conversation, but it puts women at the center because that's where community emanates from, which is true. Patriarchy (sighs) in black society is so not spoken of. And this one of these things we need to address and it comes up. And it spills over onto your clothes, like, like, um, especially if you're organizing stuff like this is basically being organized by a black female in a group of people that is mixed white, black, whatever. But anytime we do something that's race generated or racial justice generated, I will say that the group looks to the black men in the group. And when the black women say something, we're like angry and crazy. Or I get, well, why can't we make it a day? What? <laughs> nope. So <laughs> it's been very interesting <laughs> because, you know, I'm the wrong person to pick that fight with. Because I'll be like, first, I'm just like, are you ready to be totally dissected and really fully realize how much you don't know about nothing? Because I want to be real clear. That's what's about to happen next 15 minutes. You don't <laughs> feel like all your degrees don't count. You don't want to run home and cry to your mama. So I just want to be sure, like, before I lay out all this knowledge, (laughs) are we on the same page? Because once I start, you're not going to cut me the fuck off. (laughs) You're going to hear everything I got to say, and then you have to go from there. And so, and I really think the election, and it's this, and I think I said this last time, one thing the election did, yes, I laid low for two minutes. But I woke up and I was like, wait a minute. Nobody can ever, ever come to me and say, United States, we're not racist. You can't say it at all anymore. No, never. This, like, no, really, this whole situation has freed up my life. I have been trying 
and we all know I'm not really respectful of racists. I don't really care uh, about their feelings. Uh, but at this point, I'm done. I'm done playing with your monkey asses. It is, it's, it's over. Like, there's no excuse for what happened. And this is why I can't watch the news. Because these pundits keep saying, well, I mean, he did win and we don't know how. He has his finger on the pulse of some portion of America. He told racists that it was okay to be racist and that he was going to enact policies that oppressed black and brown people and that oppressed uh, gays and lesbians that was completely antithetical to the freedom of everybody and he would make he lied to them when he told them he would make financial decisions that would only help white people that's what he said. Yeah, they, they basically felt that's what okay the go. motherfucker said for eighteen months. But if you if you look right. listen to the pundits, the after the people who were evaluating afterwards, a lot of them were coming in with the same old mid range bullshit. Like he's just talking to poor people. He's talking to people the middle class who feel mm-hmm. like been treated badly. He's there's still a whole bunch of folks who are still talking about him like he is not a card carrying clansman and those people i mean there's nothing you can do with them you have to accept them in into your life like there's no way to reach them and even this person who you know we've seen the videos of people giving him the hile he's been endorsed by white nationalist organizations he and he is not condemning any of them he is entertaining no, them. He hasn't he hasn't said anything. You know, right. it's not like, you know, and that and I think I think for one it's a free for all, but it's also this very honest free for all, right? Like in this space right now, if we as individuals and as organizations, like as far as organizing, like organizing for better, this is right for organizing. Because you're right. you're living in like a space of truth. Right. A lot of times organizing is difficult because you spend a lot of time convincing. So on a scale of one to four, ones are people who basically think the same way you do, right? Mm-hmm. Twos are easy to move into the one space. But your threes and fours are like over there in left field and like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're living in like a space of truth where you possibly your threes and fours can become twos or at least half of a three. So, mm-hmm. but the real big thing is how do you, how do you basically not practice complacency? Cause it's very easy to get very riled up after the election and what's happening and everything's on the news and who's he choosing for his cabinet. And they're living in New York still. And rah, rah, I guess so much stuff. And I, I like to call it weapons of mass distraction, right? Because at the end of the day, once you peel away those weapons of mass distraction, we are the ones left with the burden of like, what are we going to do? And what's going to happen? And having the power and realizing that we have a lot more power than we think we do outside Listen. of an electoral college and outside of all this other stuff. We have a lot more power as people to do exactly what needs to be done. Look, this this is the truth. I had a conversation with um, some of my gay male friends last night. And one of my friends was talking about he and his guy, um, they have been talking about marriage two or three years down the line, but now they're kind of talking about um, marriage like now because they're both having this anxiety about Trump and changing these federal laws. And I was like, this is what we have to remember. Nothing happens overnight and there is nothing that organization and lobbying cannot fix. So the truth of it is, let's say for shits and giggles in the next two years, we don't get the opportunity to uh, we don't take the opportunity to take back Congress and Senate and um, the House and the Senate. We don't get to take the opportunity to take back Congress. Um, and we're stuck with these motherfuckers and they try to undo the federal mandates, um, that 
that grant gay marriage across the board. Let's say that states still have autonomy. Many states, Illinois is one of them, had legal um, gay marriage before right. with the, like before what? the federal mandate. So mm-hmm. you can't. So and they live in a state. Yes, they live in New York State. So they live in a state where this is not going to be a problem. But this is the truth of the situation. The feminists got this shit right in the 70s and they've been doing it, doing the same thing since Roe v. Wade in 1974. Was it 73 or 74? I think it was 74. 74. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been trying to undo Roe v. Wade since, well, I'm, I'm 43, so for 42 years. But you can't. They can't. There are so many loopholes, so many exceptions. The states can put little barriers on things, but federally, that law is not going to be, it's going to change. It's a pipe dream. Every time these Republicans, these, these pigs, these men try to introduce abolishing Roe v. Wade, it's just, it's, it's a lie they tell when they're trying to run for office. It's not gonna happen because the organization around keeping that law intact is so tight. Every time the It's fight also comes, very difficult look- to get rid of a law. Like that's right. what Supreme Court laws are not, you can vacate sections of them, which is why the voting right. act right was vacated, but the law itself is still intact. Like it's not, like none of these things, to your point tomorrow, None of these things can just happen. And we can organize at a grassroots level and make sure that they don't happen. Well, I, And you also have like a, you have a Supreme Court that's also almost, it's not functioning not right now. Right. Which is always a plus. You know, people are like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> no, and if it's not functioning, can't nothing happen. Like you can't, can't do nothing. And, you know what I'm saying? And, and who's to say? <laughs> not there. Like, not enough and, people to vote and the, he keeps saying i'm gonna get a pro-life judge i don't care if your judge is pro-life i don't care if your judge is anti-gay uh, gay and lesbian i don't care your judge is bound by the law hmm? which is oh, why I, look it they can write they can they can interpret the laws as they choose and this is and and i mean the supreme court are just a, a team of writers who, yes. Right. That's who it. Basically, they take the law and then they make some large argument, like completely overdone argument for why they think the law should be interpreted through. And through we're also forgetting the process. Like to get to the Supreme Court, it had to start at a, a, a local state level. Right. When right. that when that critique happened, that allowed Section Three of the Voting Rights Act to be vacated, that started. In DeKalb County in Georgia, some lone woman went around and voted in three different places <laughs> with the same right. different identification. Mm-hmm. So that gave them, so it went away to the Supreme Court and the allowed Supreme Court to vacate Section 3. But we have to also look at the Voting Rights Act. It is the one act that had its own loophole. The mm-hmm. Voting Rights Act, unlike the 1920 Act that gave women the right to vote, is not a permanent act. It is no. an act that has to be renewed and redone every 10 to 15 years. It has an expiration date. And the reason why it has an expiration date is because in the original dissent, it was written that if they are not if this law is not working to make sure that brown, you know, the people who it was actually written for, people who are not voting, who did not have the right to vote, right? If it ever comes to the point that they are not voting or there's some sort of um, issue in the local arenas that is keeping them from voting, then it's something that we have to then relook at, reevaluate to make sure the law is actually functioning, which is a right. which is something that a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people thought that when that when that little loophole was put in there, it was put in there because oh, they really didn't want to give black people the right to vote. <laughs> That's not it. They did not trust the U.S. humanity <laughs> to not bend the laws to make sure that they didn't vote in the first place. And as we saw in North Carolina, 
this last election cycle that was very wise. Yeah. So, Mikaela, yes, where love. do we go from here? What wow. are the what are our steps? Those of us who are oppressed on an intersectional level. We are women, we are black, we are black, we are LGBTQ, we are what where do we go from here? Well, you know, it's just like Tamara said, she's she's getting with her people and she's pulling them together and she's reevaluating and reasserting what their beliefs are and, and, and underscoring where they've been, where they um, are at and where they're going. And I think that's what's happening now, particularly um, in Chicago. We're trying to pull together um a new leadership because I mean Chicago is is a Democrat town like nobody even puts in for a Republican ballot because nobody will vote for you because nobody's even pulling that ballot right so right. you have a bunch of people running around here there are real ambiguous sort of Democrats it's just what mm -hmm. you file as even though you could believe any any damn thing so you really don't know who you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis um based on the candidates that you have to offer. So, I, and for me, it's not even about party, right? Um, I always say that, but I've never voted Republican. Um, I haven't, I think I've voted Republican twice, not, not end up and not presidential, but, um, uh, but I, I feel like what's happening now is a real reevaluation of what the landscape looks like, particularly in terms of um, the black community, because that Trump message and, and Bruce Rauner used the same message mm -hmm. um, a few years back when he was or a couple years ago when he was running for governor. Um, mm -hmm. But his point is, look, you've been voting Democrat all these years and look at your neighborhoods. Look, what, what have they done for you? And then as I examine what Hillary's um, campaign cycle looked like or her route looked like. She just took all black people for granted and she focused on other areas. Now that's fine. You have a 90%. We had a 90, what's the, the black women voted for her like 98% or something. Some 96, yeah. I think it was 96. 96, 96 I think it was 86% all African-Americans. Right. She had 86% of the black her. vote. I think we are tried and true Democrats, but we don't ask anybody for anything afterwards. We ask them for a lot of stuff right before. And then we just cheer because our dude or our, our, our girl got in there. That's my girl. I voted for her. I did it. But she hasn't helped you. When the foreclosure crisis hit, they didn't help anybody. There's houses. The bank was giving away cash for keys. You turn in your keys and we'll give you $2,000. Thank you. Boom. So as soon as they turned those keys over and that house was empty, uh, the neighborhood moved in and took every single item of any value out of that house and turned mm -hmm. a property that was completely livable in, in a neighborhood that's already, already been marginalized, right? Ten, turned a completely livable house into a house that will never be used again without another $100,000 investment. Right. Um, in materials there. the But nobody was responding to those issues. Nobody was like the, the violence. I mean, it goes without saying the, the school situation, 50 schools were closed, but we weren't pissed till after the fact. So I when think we, we, to when we should right have been pissed 15 years ago when they started privatizing schools and giving all these vouchers and all this leeway to the charter schools. Right. That's, that's when the die was cast. That's when y'all should have put but, the blood, lamb's blood on top of your school. But, but we're not even talking about all the black teachers that are being laid off. As no. these layoffs are happening at CPS, guess whose community once again is hit the hardest. But meanwhile, all of these politicians are vying for our love. Right? And so... I think what, and my focus right now is to draw a spotlight on it, not to put anybody on blast, but just to put them on notice that right. this, if you want to earn my vote right now is when you do it.
Because if you wait, and this is for the automatic elections are in 19. If you wait till 19 to call me and ask me for shit, the phone will not ring through to anybody in my house. Right. So like I need to see some. I think everybody should be on notice that we are watching them at every turn. 2018 is all we're already. You got to hold people. Yeah, you got to hold people to the fire. Hold their feet to the fire. Elected officials, you have got to hold them to the fire. And, like, you have to make random calls. You should have, like, a bunch of retired teachers. Like, I know here, we make visits. I mean, we're not perfect, but I know it's four retired teachers that make visits to city council members' places weekly. Right. To the point that things change. They're just like, okay, we ain't got nothing but time. So let's talk about like they don't retire and say, okay, well, I'm out, I'm out of it. No, your pension's still at risk. So they still go to these places, go, they go, like they go sit in these rooms, they go to city council meetings. It's a group of them that like everybody knows are gonna show Cara, up. I and nobody that. wants to see them come. They're like, Woo! oh gosh, here oh, they go. I, I love that. So I'm come. doing some work with the Chicago Principals Association, who is now led by the wonderful Troy LaRavier, who is known nationally Yay. for his um, fight against the administration here um, and fight for our kids. So uh, I I love the idea of like the retired principal brigade just rolling <laughs> through. We could get them yeah. all like matching hats. And you stuff. need to I do love that. It. Yeah, because you already okay. have like a group of people. Like I know Core has some people doing that too, but you have to like really do that. Because if they, hey, it only hey, takes girls, four girls, people. Girls, girls, I love you. Yes, but you know we're out of time. Party's um, over. I love you we, all too. We never have enough time. I hate it to break this party up, but it is um, what we need to continue to talk about. And I think, you know, when we first started um, taping this show, um, we talked a lot about the current events and what was going on um, with these politicians. And I personally am tired of talking about them. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really more interested as we go forward as a collective and talking about um, how do we push them and what do we do to mobilize ourselves in our respective communities. So this was lovely. Oh, and um, just, you know, just to give you one little spot before we go. Um, I personally am suspending all black cards um, for cool ass white people until after the 2018 <laughs> elections. So I just want all the white people on, to be on notice that you cannot get a, a, a honorary black card anymore. Um, mm. The council has met. We because now we don't we don't know where the enemies are anymore. Mm-hmm. So even though you cool as fuck, we can still drink together and have like you know parties and shit. But you cool as fuck. But if you didn't get your honorary card before Trump was elected, before November eighth, your card will be <laughs> on hold. Because we ain't taking in, the black delegation has voted. Ooh. We are not taking in no new white people. We can't because we don't know where the bodies are. Oh, no, I got I to hold on to the three help me for this week. Lord, baby. <laughs> I mean, you know, they can be around, but they can't get no cards. I'm just putting that <laughs> out like there. That. Right. We, we suspended it. All right, y'all. Join us next mm-hmm. week for a brand new installment of High Tea with Carla Stillwell. Once again, here are our uh, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for High Tea with Carla Stillwell and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PCR High Tea. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. 
Thanks, announcer. So, co-host, please wish the listeners a good night. Have a wonderful (laughs) evening. Be hopeful. Be mighty. Be diligent. Keep fighting the fight, please. And in in memory of my favorite Sharon Jones. 100,000. That's what we got to get our life together. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, download new episodes like, of High Tea with pop, Carla Stilwell every Tuesday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio, the Poppy Chulo Radio archive. New episodes stream via poppychuloradio.com every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And I uh, wish you all a good night.